This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Hour two of the Daily Tip starts right now on the BetQL Network. On a Tuesday, we've got a jam-packed hour starting with our first look at this week in the NFL. Some lines that immediately caught our eye and which lines maybe you need to wait till later in the week to see how they move. Then at 720, we've got the best of college football, the games you want to bet, the games you want to watch. And does Penn State stand a chance against the Michigan Wolverines? They're getting four and a half points at home. Then at 740, it's teaser time. I'm giving you my best teaser legs where you get six points in your favor and we try to make a winning teaser with, um, I think I'm going to do a three-team teaser. I think that's what I'm going to do, four plus 160. Mm. So stay tuned if you like some teasers on this Tuesday. Jenks, we were kind of talking about women's basketball a little bit over the course of the show during the breaks, which is, number one, a good thing. Anytime you were talking about women's college basketball, that is a step in the right direction because anytime you have personalities – which women's college basketball certainly has this year with Angel Reese, mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark. It's definitely a good thing. But I'm reading some of these tweets after LSU lost to a ranked opponent last night. They lost to Colorado, which obviously if you won the national championship, it sucks to start the year with a loss. But the directions that people are taking this against Angel Reese are kind of wild because Here's where maybe they're a little bit right, because we've seen this story before. Mm -hmm. I think it is incredibly tough when you are a young athlete and you have A-list celebrities who are knocking at your door for collaborations. Because you see Angel Reese, she's in like a Nicki Minaj music video. She's in like a, a lyric in a Lil Wayne song. So it just, she can't get any higher than she is right now. And do you ever think that it gets to like these young kids? Because I think it would get to me as a 35-year-old woman. Mm -hmm. When you have all of this hype and when people put you on a pedestal, do you think it gets to their head at all? Oh, no question. It has to. There's no way that if you were that age and all of a sudden you're in a music video and not just some random music video. I mean a legitimate hip-hop, rap, pop star, however you want to put it. And then everyone's talking about you and celebs are hitting you up. There's no way that you are prepared necessarily to handle that at that sort of age. And so however you handle it is, you know, I guess person specific, but I would imagine it probably goes to your head pretty quick. 
this is an extreme example, and I'm not saying that she's in the same vein as Johnny Manziel, but Johnny Manziel is the perfect example of that, right? He just mm-hmm. blew up, and then he quit working, and he was all about the celebrity and all about the cash, and then he was still good, but he definitely got caught up in that by his own admission. Yeah, for sure. That's a, immediately what I thought of, because he's the number one yeah. example of this happening to And I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit because I do think it's something that definitely could happen to Angel Reese. But we are talking about one game of the year here. And it's not like she finished with zero points. She still had a relatively good game. Yes, they lost to a ranked team. But losing in college basketball is not the same as like losing in college football. Each game does not mean nearly as much and there's plenty of room for error especially in the first of the year and especially when you have a tournament like March Madness you just got to get into the madness in order to cause madness so I think people need to pump the brakes but at the end of the day it's a good thing when we have these type of personalities because right now I feel like the the Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese dynamic that we have in women's college basketball is even more identifiable than what we have in college hoops right now like who's the who's the the trademark player for college basketball right now? Is it Zach Eady? I don't even know what his personality Probably. is like. Philip Does he have a personality? I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's probably and I don't even know these guys. I don't know if there's any personality that stands out to me. That's a very good question. And I don't know if I can, I mean, certainly I can name players, but I don't know if I can think of someone who stands out as a real personality in the sport. Yeah, it's a really good question. Normally it's weird too, especially in college basketball. Isn't it the coaches that have the personalities that you tend to gravitate Mm -hmm. towards because the kids just move along so quickly, but the coaches are there forever, especially in the college game. Like coach K was a big personality forever. Roy Williams' personality forever, and Tom Izzo has his own personality. So you can go down the list here, but I feel like it's more coaches are the ones who get the spotlight for being who they are because they're always the ones speaking for the kids in front of the camera. That or Duke's always going to have like a white boy three-point shooter that somebody's going to (laughs) hate. Like that's been the only trademark in college basketball. It's a classic. Dating back to like Christian Leitner. Uh, But it's wild to me that as far as marketing goes – I think women's basketball actually has the upper hand right now in the regular season, which is crazy. Of course, the men are going to probably draw bigger ratings when it comes to March Madness, but I don't think the women are as far behind as they used to be, thanks to Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. But we do have NFL to watch this Thursday and this Sunday. So we're going to take our first look here uh, at some of these games and see if we can find some games that we like early on. So, Jenks, I have... I have already looked at my Mm. teaser legs, so I did an initial glance of these games. And usually my teaser legs are, they're kind of number-based, but a lot of them are games that I kind of like outright as well. And then you just add in a little cushion. So for me, one of the games that kind of caught my attention early on, and I'm not seeing it on this particular slate that we have on the rundown, what do we think of the Raiders this week getting a point and a half at home against the Jets because there's a conversation in here that's not just matchup based. It is right. the the shift in attitude that we have seen with Las Vegas. And if we think it can actually translate to some wins. And I know last week it looked very one-sided for the Raiders against the Giants, mm-hmm. but the Giants are terrible. But the Jets come in and it's not like the Jets are putting up great numbers either. Do you think this narrative bubble burst this week for the Raiders, that now that Josh McDaniels is out, 
the good vibes are in and the winds will finally come for Las Vegas. I think there is a strong possibility that this is going to be a, a pros versus Joe's game because everyone's going to buy into the idea that it's a new, it's a new beginning for Vegas, right? Josh McDaniels mm-hmm. is gone, but listen, and they are happy about it. And I expect them to play better. There's no question about it. However, the giants whom they destroyed are hot garbage. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a bad football team. The giants are 16 and a half point dogs to the Cowboys this week. Tommy DeVito. Danny Dimes didn't make it past the second quarter of that game against the Raiders. And Tommy DeVito, God bless him, this kid looks like a Tommy DeVito from New Jersey, but he is not cut out to play NFL quarterback. You got a third-string quarterback in an offense that is already bad. If you're a defensive coordinator, it's real easy. You say, let's stop Saquon and make this Tommy DeVito kid beat us. And that's what the Raiders did, and they walloped. But the Jets are different because the Jets all of a sudden, now you've got Aiden O'Connell who has to face this Jets defense. And remember, the Jets held Justin Herbert last night to a career low 136 yards passing. That is hard to do against Justin Herbert. So the Jets defense could be really good against AOC. Now, I kind of like the under in this game because Zach Wilson isn't going to be able to move the football. But I do think this is one of those lines where it screams Raiders and you have to be careful. I think this has led me to another conclusion. So what about the under? We know the under has been hot for the Raiders this year. Mm -hmm. And obviously the books know this because this is a total of 36 and a half. I'm wondering which direction this line will move. I'm hoping that we get a few points in our favor. Maybe this is a wait and see line. But I think if this one gets up to 37 or 38, I think I'm in on the under. Oh, I, I love the under. In fact, I would probably, I wouldn't mind knowing me, you know, I'd play it up to what, 38 and lay the juice. It couldn't be too terrible. You probably lay minus 130, maybe minus 135, something like that. If you just think about how this game's going to go, I don't see Aiden O'Connell moving the ball much on that Raiders defense. And I don't see Zach Wilson moving the football much against anyone. Remember, Zach Wilson was facing the worst passing defense in the NFL last night and still couldn't get it done. So, when you think about Max Crosby applying pressure on Zach Wilson, I mean, it's nightmare fuel. So I love the under of that game. Well, speaking of games that are going to be nightmare fuel, how about the Thursday night game? We have the Panthers and the Bears. What a matchup. I don't know yeah. how they create these matchups on Thursday night football, but this one, a real doozy between two of the worst teams in football. So if you think both of these teams are bad, like do you just take the dog here and take the Panthers plus three? Or do you lean on another primetime under and hit the under of 40 and a half? Even though if you do do the under, I think you add a point or add a half point, bump it up to 41, and then you hit the under. You like the under here? I like the under has come down to 40 from 40 and a Uh. hook. I I still like the under, though. But now – the Bears are favored by three and a half. So this is where when I can get three and a hook with the Panthers, I'm not laying three and a half with the Bears. I would lay three with the Bears, but now that you're getting that extra half point in what is supposed to be a low-scoring game, then, God, I would just hold my nose and take Carolina here, and hopefully the hook is your friend. 
I'm wondering about the Panthers, if we're going to see any life out of them here, because this should be like one of their better matchups where they actually have a chance to put up some points against this Bears defense. I was just thinking maybe it's a a good candidate for a same game teaser where you tease up the total and then you tease up the spread, hit the under and you take the underdog there. But I'm not sure if I can trust the Panthers here. There is a good chance that they get blown out, as we've seen even against some bad teams. Like they got blown out by the Colts 27 to 13. So maybe it's not a position where I want to trust the Panthers. Maybe I will just play some props. Are there any other games that caught your eye when you looked at the slate for the first time? Yes. I love the Steelers laying three against the Packers. I've already seen some people that I respect quite a bit taking on the Steelers are laying in this short number. And look, you know this game is going to be close. But I just don't see Jordan Love faring well against this Pittsburgh defense. I just don't see it. And you've already seen the GM of the Packers come out and say, eh, we don't know if he's our guy. We just don't know. And yeah, Jordan Love looked good against a Rams defense that has really fallen off last week at Lambeau Field. Now you have to go to Pittsburgh and take on T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward and how Mike Tomlin will scheme that D against you. This is going to be one of those nail biters once again where the Steelers don't have a great offense either. Maybe you look at the under, but it's going to be one of those really tight games and the Steelers are going to do what they do, which is make some sort of play in the fourth and they cover the number. I don't like it at three and a half, but I do like the Steelers minus three. Puh. Betting on the Steelers is not for the weak of the stomach because it, it feels like every single game goes down to the final minutes. I don't think they've won a single game this year by more than a touchdown or more than seven points, I should say. Mm. So just a little teaser to my teaser. I think I'll be taking the other side and the Packers plus nine, which I know is a much different bet than taking the Steelers at minus three. But let's talk about my Titans for a second because, you know, yeah. I'm a Titans fan. And I'm a little excited about Will Levis, what he has sh- shown us in the first two games with the Titans. Now the Titans are coming off a bye week. They're headed to Tampa Bay where they're getting a point and a half, which is not much. Uh, but Tampa Bay has been very up and down. And part of it is because they have Baker Mayfield. So do we trust Will Levis enough? for the Titans to keep it close within a point and a half of the Bucks, Cause I don't love the fact that the Titans are only getting a point and a half here. I thought we were going to get a three and we didn't. Just take the Titans on the money line, Chelsea. Come on. Minus one Oh five. It's your team. It's time for Will Levis to step up. Now that Bucks defense is pretty solid, but they got carved up by CJ Stroud last week, which I didn't anticipate that happening. I thought that would be a low scoring game and it wasn't. Yeah. Back your banana boy, Will Levis, on the road. I'm not going to play this game. The total has come down a point from 39 and hook to 38 and hook. I think maybe the under is the right side here, but I'm not quite sure. I think I'd probably go with the under, honestly, just based on what I know from the Titans and the Bucks. And Titans tend to be an under team anyway. The Bucks don't really move the football with Baker Mayfield. So I would, yeah, I would go under. It does feel like there's going to be a lot of field goals in this game, as we have seen the trend be with my Titans for most of the year. How about the Jags and the Niners? I was thinking about putting this one in the teaser, but I have this sneaking suspicion that the Niners are going to come out and return to form as the dominating force that we saw earlier in the Mm -hmm. year. Do you think this is the case? Or do you think the Jaguars are one of those teams that have top-end potential? Like they, I feel like their offense at least can contend with the best offenses in football. Like I, you know, would take them against the Chiefs if they're getting a lot of points. So three points at home here for the Jags. 
Do you have an initial lean? My initial lean, and I hope it's not a square side, is I'm like you. I feel like the Niners are, it's time for them to get right. It's time for them to get right. This is a short number, but I will say the Jags, we're kind of sleeping on the Jags a little bit. I, I, I won't play this game, but the Jags keep winning. They're leading the division. Nobody's talking about them in the AFC. People are going to jump on the Niners minus three, so it could be a trap. Just be careful with that one. Yeah, because the AFC South is terrible. So, yes, they're <laughs> leading the division, but in the AFC South. But I do think the Niners are going to be back to punishing people at some point. So, I'm a little torn. All right, got to get to break. Up next, the best college game. Stick with us. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in on a Tuesday. We're going to give a quick look-sees at this week in college football and see if we can find some sides to play or some totals to play in this week's biggest matchups. Jenks, we've been doing this for quite some time, and I keep coming back to this. Sometimes mm -hmm. it is not about the matchups at all or the X's and O's or football analysis. It is simply looking at the market and finding which teams are overvalued and which teams are mm -hmm. undervalued. Because I had this thought. I said to myself, what if you were just completely contrarian and you just went against all of the big-name teams in college football how would you be doing? Because I'm looking at some of these against the spread records and some of the best teams in college football are actually the worst teams to bet on. Like not across the board, but number one, look at Georgia. They're 9-0 this year, but 2-6-1 against the spread. Then how about going to the Pac-12 and looking at you know a team like USC who had the Heisman frontrunner coming into this year? Uh, you know, look at them and... They're two and eight against the spread. Have not been great at covering numbers. What about the Big Ten, you ask? How about Ohio State and Michigan? Have they been covering numbers? No, no, they haven't. Four, four, and one against the spread record for Michigan. Four, three, and two against the spread record for Ohio State. What do you make of this information? Are you somebody who would blindly go against some of these big teams? Or do you think it is just one simple sliver of the pie that is sports betting? Oh, I think it's just one simple sliver of the pie. You make a good point, and I think this is just a, this is a good public service announcement where when mm -hmm. if you don't follow teams all year long, you tend to give credit. And, and, and to your point, when you're talking about big-name teams, teams that people like to bet on, if you're a casual better you're probably not looking in the weeds for some sort of mat game, even though that's where we're going tonight. You're probably looking at a big game that you can watch, that you can have money on, and maybe you make a blanket assumption because this team is so good or they have that reputation that they're great against the number, which isn't necessarily the case. So I think it's just a reminder to always do your homework and always look for value. Sometimes you have to place a bet or you don't have to, but it's important to say, yeah, I think maybe this is the right side, but there's zero value involved. So there's 
there's a point where I should just pivot to something else where there is value. Right. And I think, like I said, a lot of it's not football X's and O's. It is simply finding teams that maybe you think they're getting a touch too many points or a good team that's simply undervalued. Because when I was looking at these ATS standings, the one that kind of caught my eye was Alabama. And we have said this so many times that, oh, everybody's sleeping on Nick Saban. They're six and three against the spread this year. One of the better teams in college football. Uh, Oregon, I think, is one of the best. Uh, they're seven, one and one against the spread, led by a great quarterback in a division or a, a conference, I should say, where people kind of sleep on the Pac-12 as well. So I think that's where you find the sweet spot. You look for teams that are good, but also playing a little under the radar. And so I think that is the reason you see some of these teams that it's not like they're terrible teams playing in a no-name conference. It's just teams that are maybe a touch below what people are expecting. No, I think you're exactly right about that. And I and one thing that I think also that I think we should also point out is that particularly late in the season, like these trends, trends that you saw early in the year can also start to shift based on injuries mm -hmm. and based on matchups. It's and I was going to say the transfer portal. That's more of the off season, but you can have a lot of you can have a lot of different factors. Like right now is a good example for Texas, and I don't want to talk about Texas because I do that ad nauseum. But if you look at a number right now, you're like, oh, Texas is so good. Well, if you haven't been following Texas, they've got a backup quarterback right now, and they have a lot of injuries in the secondary. So yes, Texas in a in a vacuum should probably crush TCU this weekend with a backup quarterback with injuries going on the road. Maybe not so much. So. Again, it's just one of those reminders to do your dil dil due diligence because things can and do change as the season progresses. That's a great point, too, because if you ever see a number that doesn't make sense, it is your job to play detective mm -hmm. and try to find out why that spread is what it is. We've done this on the show where we try to guess the spread, and sometimes you go from there. If the number's higher, if the number's lower, you can read into why that is. So let's look at some of these spreads and see if we can play detective and find out why the number is too low, too high, or if it's just right, and we don't need to do any digging whatsoever. So let's start with the big one. We have a huge matchup in the Big Ten. Number two, Michigan, squaring off with number nine, Penn State, in Happy Valley. Michigan laying four and a half. Uh, isn't this the exact same spread we saw with Ohio State going to Penn State? Or maybe that was game, that game was actually at Ohio State, but the spread was similar, is what I'm trying to get at. So I saw this game and I said, okay, if Penn State is getting six here, I will be in. But what do you know? We get a four and a half. So at this number, mm -hmm. Jinx, which side do you think is the correct one? I kind of like Michigan here. And I'm doing this for you, Double D, because you said everyone needs to pick Michigan. Everyone needs to pick Michigan because last time Penn State played Ohio State, everyone was on Penn State. Penn State lost this game. I just think that James Franklin has a ceiling. And he is a hell of a recruiter. He is a very good head coach, but I don't consider him an elite head coach. He needs this win. Forget about covering the number. Penn State and James Franklin need this win. I just don't think they're good enough to do it. I believe Michigan is the number one team in the country. And this feels like a game to me where Michigan, it's close early on. 
Penn State feeds off that crowd in Happy Valley, and then Michigan does what Michigan does, which is they outscore teams by an ungodly amount in the third quarter. They make the proper adjustments at halftime. They come out. They just steamroll you, and then they're so physical. Then they suffocate you like a boa constrictor in the fourth quarter. So Michigan, 3-0 against the number on the road this season. I think the Wolverines pull away late. I would lay the points with Michigan. It's just so hard to know with Michigan because they haven't played anybody. So we're yeah. basing a lot of this based on the talent that they have, which we know that if anybody can recruit, it is Jim Harbaugh. Um, but still, I think in a game where these are two teams that have a ton of talent on each side, but again, it's four and a half. I think that line is just messing with my brain a little bit. I just I feel like it's kind of a dead number and I don't want to bet it. What about a total here? Because David made a great point that both of these teams have great defenses. Penn State, we saw that game against Ohio State, very, very low scoring. So if you think that's the way to go, you play the under. But a 44-and-a-half total in a college football game mm. makes me extremely nervous. Is this number too low to take a look at the under? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think it is just because of the defense involved, right? Don't you like the under as well? I think that's probably the, that's probably if I'm going to bet a side or a total, I think I'd look at the total here. I think so as well. Cause it will be the best defense that Michigan has faced all season long. Right. And you know, uh, we saw Penn state lose in a very low scoring affair to Ohio state. Very much a heartbreaker. If you were on Penn state getting the points there, but maybe that's the way to go. But regardless, it is a big game with huge implications. Do you think there are any futures bets that are kind of tied to this? Because I think the book is kind of out on Michigan. But if there is a yeah. chance that Penn State can win this game, which I don't think it sounds like you think that that is the correct side, is there any yeah. futures bets that you think would be tied here? Like, do you place a futures bet on Penn State at all before this game? Oh, on Penn State? Or Washington. I don't know. I would say, here's the thing. And, and Matt just put this in the chat. But if you like Penn State at all, like now is the time. If you think Penn State has a chance and they're going to win this game and they have a chance to win the big team, now is your chance to do it. Do it now mm -hmm. because obviously if they upset Michigan, then those odds will shorten in a heartbeat. As for Washington, I I would say that Maybe if you like Washington to, and this is just going to continue to shrink each and every single week, Washington, I think, has a legit chance to win the national title. They are certainly in line to win the Pac-12. So if you like them in the future to win over whoever it may be, Georgia, possibly Bama, whether it's Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, whomever it is, that they could end up facing the college football playoff, get them now because they need to win the Pac-12. They're in line to do it. And if they keep winning, certainly you're not going to get them at better odds. Right, and when it comes to futures betting based on some of these games, you look at the Utah-Washington uh, Washington game. If you think Michael Penix Jr. is going to look human and maybe has a regression game, we have a pretty tight race in the Pac-12 between two Heisman hopefuls. Michael Penix Jr. over at BetMGM is the favorite at plus 150. Bo Nix is plus 200 right behind him. So I think if you think Michael Penix Jr. struggles against this Utah defense, maybe you take Bo Nix there. But I have the sneaking suspicion that this Utah game goes very similar to the game that we saw against mm -hmm. Bo Nix and Oregon.
So I think yep. a lot of people say, oh, you know, we have Washington and Utah, two top 15 teams, and this is an eight and a half spread. Why wouldn't you take a look at Utah? I think a lot of it has to do with Utah's offense. If Washington finds a way to light up the scoreboard, I'm not so sure that Utah can keep pace. I agree with you. And I think that's my thing is I got bamboozled earlier in the year and I thought, oh, here comes Oregon taking on that Utah defense in Salt Lake City. But now I'm not quite so sure. I feel like that the under is the way to go here. I don't want to lay eight and a half with the Huskies. It just seems like a big number. I, I I feel like Washington can cover it. We've seen some money coming on Utah. Spread is down from Huskies minus nine and a half. But ultimately, look, even if Washington has success against the Utah defense, and I expect them to, the Utah defense is good enough to at least keep this under the number. So I feel more comfortable saying, yeah, Washington can maybe cover the number, but at the very least, Utah's defense is good enough to stifle the Huskies on a few drives and maybe keep this under 54 and a hook. So the under would be where I'd lean here. Playing unders in college football, it ain't for the week, brother. Oh. Even more so in the NFL, because it feels like there's always more volatile plays in college football. Like you're sitting there saying to yourself, I wanted to trust a college secondary to keep this game under the total as they scramble right. for like, you know, a 69 uh. yard run. But I do think based on the numbers, the under would be the play. I just, that's how I feel betting unders. And now finally, we're going to culminate this segment on trying to apply what we were talking about at the top of the segment. Do we have the guts to go against some of the best teams in college football simply because sometimes they're overvalued because we have number one Georgia at home this week laying 10 and a half against number 10 Ole Miss. Like I said, Georgia has been terrible at covering numbers so far this season. One of the worst teams against the spread in the SEC. If you look at their record, obviously they're 9-0, and but against the spread, they are 2-6-1. and So, Jenks, are we going to fade Georgia here? Oh, God, I don't know. Tell us, why do you ask me these questions? I've only had 24 hours to give you an answer. This is what I would say. I think I would probably go with Ole Miss here. There are other games on the board that I like more, but I feel like not that – I'm not saying this. I was going to say that Georgia is asking for a loss. They're not asking for a loss. Oklahoma was asking for a loss. I said that a few weeks ago, and now they have a couple. So I could tell just by the way they were playing something was going to go down there. With Georgia, they're not asking for a loss, but they are playing games that are way too close for comfort, and they're going to keep winning. I don't think they're going to lose to Ole Miss, but I do think because they have a tendency to keep things really close until late that Ole Miss can keep this within the number. Brady Snow did that for Missouri last week. I think Jackson Dart can do that, even though it's between the hedges. I will lean to the Rebels, maybe a backdoor cover here, but I think the lane train can keep this within 10. Once again, I am looking at this total and hoping for an over. I do think if there was a side to be played, it's only Ole Miss. Like, it's mm -hmm. never Georgia for me. I don't know if I'm playing it, but do you get the point that I make? I'm saying, okay, well, yes. if I had to play something, it would be Ole Miss for me. But you look at the total in this game, and here's the thing about Ole Miss. Like, their offense, you know oh, uh, Lane Kiffin's going to throw the book at Georgia. We know it's a great defense for Georgia, but it just doesn't feel as stifling 
as it has been in years past. They missed their over last week by, I think, four points. That was a heartbreaker. So I'm looking at this total at 58 and a half. Do you think that the over is the play here? Or do you think this Georgia defense can at least put the clamps down on Ole Miss enough to keep this one under? No, I like the over here. And again, Missouri is able to put up some points with their quarterback. Jackson Dart can do the same. And then conversely, A&M was able to score a lot on Ole Miss. And Texas yeah. A&M does not have a good offense at all. So I definitely think Georgia can get its points. Honestly, I think a play I might like better, and I need to look into this, is maybe a Georgia team total because I absolutely think Georgia can light up Ole Miss at least on the offensive side of the football. I think Ole Miss keeps it close, but I like a Georgia team total. I'll look at that as well. That's a great point. If Texas A&M can score points on you, it means your defense is not doing something right. That game ended on a push, didn't it? I remember watching that one. It was a roller coaster the entire way, if I am not mistaken. All right, speaking of roller coasters, it's time to get on the teaser coaster. I've got my teaser teams for this week in the NFL after the break on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to The Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Ah, and rolling it's time to open those eyes it's time to play some bets yes on a tuesday there is value to be had there are lines that will be moving when it comes to these nfl spreads so if you jump on some of these lines early you can get a lot of value by getting uh, some key numbers that you might not get later in the week that is the purpose of us doing these early looks at nfl lines because some people are probably thinking, oh, my God, what degenerates are betting on games on Tuesdays? Uh, the sharp ones, the people who get these lines before they go <laughs> to the key numbers where they are unbettable. Uh, so I think there is value in, in looking at these lines early on. It is not just to fill time. Later in this segment, we'll do my teaser teams, which teams that I like. In a teaser, if you don't know what teasers are, you get six points in your favor, but you have to combine it with a, a couple of games. You can either do a two-team teaser for, I believe, minus 130, or you can do a three-team teaser for plus 160, and the list goes on and on. If you want to tease every single NFL game, mm-hmm. best of luck to you. I feel like that would be very difficult because it's always one team that ruins it. Like That's why I say, who ruins my teaser? Because it's always somebody. Usually these games are pretty close, especially the ones with tight spreads but there's always one game in the NFL where chaos abounds and somebody gets absolutely donkey stopped. Like the one that comes to mind was the lions getting creamed by the Ravens. And we saw that line immediately from the jump before it unfolded. Mm -hmm. And we said, Hmm, why are the lions getting this many points? It seems a little odd, but what do you know that fishy line, it stood out and it was fishy for a reason. Jinx, do you ever see that? You see a line, you're like, this doesn't make sense. So I'm either betting the other side or I'm not betting on it at all. Yes, since we're giving out advice, or at least I'm giving out advice this morning, I will say this. Whenever you see a line, it's it's like the old adage. It actually has nothing to do with gambling. It's something that you can apply to everything. If something looks too good to be true, it probably is. Every now and then you'll see a line, you're like, oh, I'm going to hammer that. Just 
just be careful because that's when whenever I have that reaction, unless I'm really informed on a specific matchup or maybe I have some inside information or maybe I've been following a team really closely or both teams really closely, unless that's the case and that is a rare case, then I say, pump the brakes, take a look, find out what's going on here because you're having the same reaction that a ton of people are having and that's exactly what the bookmakers want you to do. Yeah, betting is like shopping on Facebook Marketplace. Have you ever done this? Bought something secondhand on Facebook Marketplace? I just discovered this when we bought a new house because people will sell their old things and sometimes you'll stumble across a bargain. But if something is listed at a price that is too low, I think that's when you say, okay, something's probably wrong with this piece of furniture. So you're trying to find the sweet spot between something that is not overpriced but not something that's like, here's $5 if you take this dresser from me. Because nobody's going to like offer something for $5 if it has no value, you know, or if it has right. some value, I guess I should say. So it's like finding that sweet spot. Jenks, have you delved into Facebook Marketplace or have you bought anything off Craigslist? Oh, God, no. I actually have not. It's funny you said that. I was just on Facebook, not because I wasn't paying attention, but because I was... Because <laughs> I was bored. No, 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 no. What was happening was that I got a a message yesterday from my stepmom, and I never hear from my stepmom, and I'm like, well, you have my number. Why would you reach out to me on Facebook? And then I did a little investigating. I'm like, this is definitely a scam, so that's why. But no, I have not, and I... I know Facebook Marketplace exists. I know Craigslist exists. I generally sell things on eBay. Is that too old school? I don't know what you kids do, but I feel like people go to Facebook Marketplace all the time. But if I'm selling something, which is rare, I don't sell a bunch of stuff. But if I do, I generally go to the electronic bay. I used to go to Craigslist, but now that's just all spam. It's just 85% spam. And you can get murdered doing that. Oh, yeah, for sure. There are safety issues. Yeah. That's the other thing with Facebook Marketplace is you try to like creep on the person's profile and make very rash judgments on that person's character. You're like, oh, well, they've got their dog in their picture. Maybe they're a good person. Maybe I won't get murdered if I do this porch pickup right. for this dresser. But yes, I think that's the only time you're allowed to be judgmental is when your safety is on the line. All right, so let's look at some of these teams and see if I can find the perfect teaser. That's right. It's Teaser Tuesday. And what you guys have to do is tell me who ruins my teaser. I'm going to give you my teaser legs. Uh, I'll give you my favorite ones from the jump and then maybe the ones that I'm not so sure about. And you get to tell me who's kicked out of the teaser. And then I'll replace it with maybe a better option. So, Jenks, here are the candidates for my teaser this week. Uh, first up, we're going to go yeah. the Raiders plus seven and a half at home against the Jets. Do we think the Jets are beating anybody by more than a touchdown? I think that is your thing. I know that we've talked about this game a little bit and said maybe it's a Sharps versus Squares game because the, the normal line in this game is the Raiders getting a point and a half at home. You bump it up to seven and a half. Maybe I'm not playing the Raiders plus a point and a half straight up. But I do think if you get seven and a half in a low total game, maybe that's worth playing. 
other options. We're looking at the Seahawks, minus one and a half at home against the Commanders. The Commanders have been so all over the board this year, but I do think the Seahawks can secure a win at home against the Commanders. Then we're going Packers plus nine at Steelers. Again, do we see the Steelers blowing out anybody? They have not won a single game this year by more than seven points. And then here are the the wild cards, the ones that maybe you throw in there, maybe you don't. Chargers plus seven and a half at home against the Lions. This is the conversation that we had at the top of the show where maybe we have been sleeping on the Chargers. Three of their four losses this year have come by three points or fewer. So maybe they're not as terrible as people expect. Uh, Maybe they can keep it close with the Lions. So, Jenks, of those teams, who needs to be kicked out of the teaser from the jump? Do you need me to repeat them? No, I don't. Thinking about it, first two, I'm more. I think the Lions could go on the road and lay the wood because I really like this spot for the Lions. But then again, the Chargers are good enough not to get blown out, right? I, you know what? Maybe. I will say this. I will say that first of all, as I always say, I really like this teaser. But also, I, I think you're right. There's no way the Jets are blowing out anybody it's just not going to happen the Steelers aren't blowing out anybody they just don't have the offensive firepower to do it however your sabotage factor is this is that when you talk about a Lions team that has Jared Goff at quarterback Amon Ross St. Brown Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield they have a ton of weapons and they're going up against the worst passing defense in the National Football League on a short week for the Chargers there is a possibility that the Lions, who were arrested, who didn't play last week, so they've had an extra week to get ready against a team that will already be a little bit worn out. I really like this spot for the Lions. I think they can cover. Might be a square play, but I think that's probably the one team that might upset your teaser. Okay, so Chargers are out. Who's going to be in? I have some candidates waiting in line. How about the Titans plus seven right. and a half at the Bucks? The Titans getting a point and a half in the normal spread. If you bump it up in the teaser, they're now getting over a touchdown here on the road at the Bucks. Do we believe in Will Levis enough off a bye week, which I do think is mm-hmm. key for a rookie quarterback, to keep it within seven against the Bucks? Yeah. I don't know if the Bucks are good enough to blow out anybody right now. So I think that's probable. I like that better just because when you think about the possibility of their, t- is Tampa going to come out? And also Mike Vrabel's a dog whenever he's getting points. So, and I know he's not getting a ton of points here, but yeah, I think with a guy who's already shown a propensity to be, who looks like he has the talent to be a solid NFL quarterback. We'll see if he continues to upgrade or not, but I don't see Tampa blowing out anyone just because they don't have the firepower to do it a lot, at least not with Baker Mayfield. So I like that better. Oh, we should do a theme teaser. These teams ain't blowing out anybody. They're and not. It's going to be the Packers plus nine at the Steelers. It's going to be the Raiders plus seven and a half at home against the Jets and the Titans plus seven and a half at the Bucks. Should yeah. that be the teaser? The these teams ain't beating anybody by more than seven points, teaser. You ain't blowing out anyone. That's the teaser. The you ain't blowing out anyone teaser, right? You're going to be lucky to win by a field goal. You ain't winning by a touchdown. So, yeah, I like that teaser a lot. 
Oh, I think we'll go with that. Jenks, do you ever right. see the promoted parlays that they do at the top of like sports books where they try to have a theme to them? Like they'll do like, oh, you know, New York, New York. And they'll do like the Jets, the Giants. Like <laughs> do the Liberty yes. play in New York? I'm assuming so. And the next, you're like, why would anybody take this? They're just like, oh yeah, all New York teams. And that's literally the only logic. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I look at those and you, you have to be the most New Yorker of New Yorkers to take that play unless you're getting, well, you know what? That's one of those where of course there's gotta be the odds are probably like 50 to one that that comes home, if not more or something, some sort of ridiculous. You're like, Hey, you know what? I'll put some money. I feel like uh, old Tommy can get it done. Tommy DeVito grew up in Hackensack. You know, I, Maybe there's a guy that, that believes in that. I don't know. I'll put down a couple bucks on it. We got to lose. I feel like that's probably the, the the target audience there. Well, it's just there's no logic involved. It's people who just want to parlay to put in their bet slip. They're like, sure, let's do it. Uh, because when right. I see these parlays and if I'm on the same things, I'm like, oh, no, this is not a good thing. <laughs> when you see like 5,000 people have placed this parlay, you're like, uh-oh, that's definitely not hitting. Because doesn't it always feel like that with, like, the boosts that seem, like, so obvious? You're like, yeah, sure, that could hit. It never hits. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Not for <laughs> me, at least. If you're hitting that boost, it's good for you because it's not hitting for me. Ever. I think I've hit a boost oh, once. Once in my life. Ugh. One of these days. Yeah, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to still have a same-game parlay this Thursday night. Even uh, on yeah. the Bears and the Panthers. I'll find a way to bet it. Hopefully it won't be as square as some of those parlays they promote, but we shall see. Top of the hour is next here on the Daily Tip. We'll take our first look at uh, these lines in the NFL straight up after the break. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.